Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Super Sleuths Book 2, The Royal Captive by E.M. Clark. Read by Lexi. Chapter 6, Mud Town. Meanwhile, what had happened to Richenda? She had been smuggled aboard ship and taken to Mudtown, an abandoned island in the middle of a huge muddy-coloured river in the north. An ancient crumbling palace sat, half-submerged in mud, with creepers covering most of its surface, its lone tower stretched up into the green canopy like a giant finger pointing to the sky. The only sound was the hum of insects and the shrieking of some creature deep in the jungle. An occasional splash drew Richenda's eyes to the bank, where the predatory yellow eyes of several jacker gleamed as they watched her. "'Welcome to Mudtown, princess,' Vinicius sneered, bowing sarcastically to her. "'Prince Igor awaits!' Enthroned in the decaying grandeur of the palace sat Prince Igor. The stone walls were covered with the black, green and yellow colours of the house of Barbosa. Perched on Igor's shoulder was the shining white bird. It whispered in its master's ear, and Igor smiled at Richenda. Princess, welcome. I am delighted to have you as my guest. You must stay as long as you please. No, as long as I please. <laughs> Richenda spoke out in a strong voice. My father knows where I am. You'll regret this. Oh, you're frightening me, mocked Igor. Your father would not risk war for you. King Lucio cares about peace. He will never dare do anything which might bring back the violence of the old times. All I want to do is make a deal. The throne of Sandlandia in exchange for your safe return. Have a nice stay. <laughs> and Richenda was imprisoned at the top of the tower. While the princess languished in her prison, Philippe Galliard had been giving the sleuths more information about the French town resistance. We're called the Dab, defiance against Barbosa. Nice, approved Zelly. Much better than Bin, agreed Zav. Oh, so you've come across the delightful guards from the bin, have you? asked Philippe with a grin. They're trying to infiltrate the dab, but they've got no chance. You see, we have different branches of the dab, and members of one section have no idea who the members of a different branch are. So even if the bin infiltrate one unit, said Sophie, they wouldn't be able to get into any of the others. Philippe nodded. Brilliant, said Sam admiringly. I'm in the Lianas. Philippe continued. We're undercover spies who gather information about Igor's activities as secretly as possible. We're named after a creeper that wraps itself around trees without them even noticing. The sleuths were impressed. Igor is not very popular here in Frenchtown, Philippe said. He has many enemies, so the resistance is making much more progress than he realises. And I've got a hunch about where your princess is being held. The sleuth stared at him in astonishment. 
I received information from another Liana just before you arrived. She reported that a pirate ship by the name of the Black Vulture had arrived in Mudtown at the dead of night about one day ago. That's the right time scale, said Sam. And we know Igor works with the Black Cross gang, added Milo excitedly. It can't be a coincidence. Mudtown has a rotting old palace as its centre. Abandoned and isolated, just the sort of place Igor would use. Philippe frowned. It's bound to be well guarded, though, so before we make an attempt to free her, we need to find out for certain whether the princess is there. Anna would have been perfect for this mission, said Zelie sadly, but she won't be able to see anything, not with this obscurity spell Countess Rosina has cast over the whole area. True, agreed Philippe. Igor has obviously realised the parrot's powers. We'll have to make do without them. We'll go old school, said Zav. Sherlock Holmes used his powers of observation to solve his mysteries. He's our hero, Milo told Philippe. Actually, we have a password which might come in handy if we're going to search for the princess. The key word is elementary, and the reply is, my dear Watson. Great, said Philippe. We Lianas always use passwords, so that's useful. How will we get to Mudtown to check whether Richenda's there? asked Sam. If only we had the lucky star with us. Oh, we've got our own boat, said Philippe. The Explorer. We're used to sneaking about the river. I go fishing a lot, so no one will be too suspicious. But we'll take some canvas, just in case we need to hide you lot. The sleuths nodded. We'll go at sunset, said Philippe decisively. It's best to go up the Great River under the cover of night. And because we're near the Great Line, it gets dark early, and we'll need to keep a sharp lookout for any jacker. As dusk started to fall over the jungle, the children boarded the explorer, grabbed the oars and set off for Mudtown. The great river was vast, so wide it wasn't possible even to see to the other side. As they rowed, the sleuths kept the boat next to the riverbank to avoid the strong currents. Everything was low and green. There were no red cliffs like at Red Cove and the trees clustered together letting in no light. As they advanced up the greenish-grey river, the darkness grew more and more intense. The jungle leaned over them, the thick leaves dense and impenetrable. They made their way quietly, the hum of nighttime insects and the croaking of frogs all around them, only the splash of their oars making any human sound. Moonlight streamed down and a spangle of stars stretched across the dark sky. The outline of Mudtown's crumbling palace soon emerged, its climber-covered tower pointing to the moon. Milo was using his eyeglass to look more closely, and he spotted various figures wearing the Barbosa livery. Then they heard a sound which chilled them. A gleaming white shape was circling the tower, its cold cry cutting through the tropical night. The sleuths pulled the boat in quickly to the leafy bank before they could be seen, and Philippe tied the explorer to a sturdy rubber tree. That's the place, all right, said Sophie. I reckon they've locked Richenda in that tower, added Sam. The core's proof of that, agreed Sav. But we can't get any closer without being seen, Milo whispered. Philippe frowned. Perhaps I could try going over land, he suggested. It's too heavily guarded, Zav warned. They'd hear you coming if you had to make your way through all these jungle plants and creepers. 
Philippe nodded. Yeah, and we can't swim up either. Never mind the corps and the guards. There are bound to be Jacker around too. I know, said Zelly. Let's use Rafa. He's small, can climb, and he's a jungle monkey, native to Frenchtown. If he gets seen, they can't possibly suspect him. The children all turned to look at the little monkey, who was clinging, as usual, to Zav's shoulder. He looked back at them all and gave a little chatter of understanding. Zelly, try the rhyme, Zav said. Great good creature, wise and true, tell me what I ask of you. Rafa blinked. Zelly smiled at him. Go and find Richenda, in the tower. Rafa nodded and scampered away into the night. The Mariki did what he did best. He used his long tail to swing effortlessly from branch to branch through the jungle, completely camouflaged. Soon he saw a clearing ahead of him and the stone palace rose into the gloom. When he reached the side of the tower, he shinnied up it so fast he was a blur. At the top was a barred window with vicious spikes pointing outwards, but Rafa slipped easily between them, landing softly inside. Richenda was sitting glumly on the floor and looked up in surprise as the little creature padded over to her, grinning widely. Rafa! the princess exclaimed in delight. What are you doing here? The monkey chattered brightly and jumped into her lap. I'm so happy to see you, Richenda cried, flinging her arms around him. The little Mariki chattered at her, pointing outside the window and pretending to row an imaginary boat. Are the others outside? the princess asked. Rafa nodded and pointed to Richenda, then himself, then to the window. You need to tell them I'm here. The monkey nodded again. Take this. And Richenda gave Rafa her House of Richmondo brooch. They'll know I'm here if you give them this. Oh, thank you, Rafa. Rafa patted her encouragingly, then scampered over to the window, clutching the brooch in his tiny black paw. Richenda watched from behind the bars as Rafa slipped through and swung himself down the tower, using the creepers which grew all over it to lower himself back into the safety of the dark jungle. He was soon back at the boat and the children greeted him with relief. Is Richenda there, Rafa? asked Sav. The monkey nodded and held out the brooch for them to see. That's Richenda's, cried Zelly. She always wears it. That's definite then, said Sophie. We know she's up there. Philippe looked at them all. We know where she is. Now we just need a plan to get her out. The sluice untied the explorer and rode for home without looking back. If they had done, they would have seen the long dark shapes which had risen from the depths of the river where their boat had been moored. The yellow eyes of watchful Jacker glared balefully after them. The sleuths had been seen. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for more adventures in Chapter 7, The Witch of the North. Check out the interactive map on our website, supersleuths.net. Want to read along? Supersleuths Book 2, The Royal Captive, is available now on Kindle. Enjoyed today's chapter? Why not rate our podcast? See you next time.